a second patient free of HIV after stem cell therapy. Neuropathy patient finds relief with stem cell therapy. Natural stem cell therapy can treat Agnes Garston wrinkles. These are all current news headlines. It seems like every day there's a different story involving stem cells. But sadly, they're not all positive. Hey, it's Dr. E, and this is the Highway to Health Show. Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices, cutting-edge nutrition, and fitness for the entire family? Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E. One of the most common questions I get has to do with stem cells and stem cell therapy in general. Specifically, people want to know what is the current standing in terms of uh, legality, safety? What are the current accepted and proven treatments for with, with stem cells? So what kind of condition can be treated? Because if you if you listen to the news nowadays, you will find that stem cells and stem cell therapy fall within two opposite extremes. Either people who are touting them as, as the absolute best thing in the world and it'll cure everything, or the opposite, that it's a complete scam and that doctors and companies are taking advantage of, of uh, gullible patients. And in reality, just like with everything else, the truth falls in the middle or closer to the middle about this. There are a lot of different conditions that can benefit from stem cell therapy. Um, And not just stem cell therapy, but regenerative medicine as a whole. And we're going to discuss a little bit about the differences uh, in, in this episode today. But going back to the questions that I normally get, it has a lot to do with the kind of treatment that you're seeking and the condition that you want to improve. Uh, Nowadays, we're seeing that more and more doctors, clinics, health professionals, and companies start offering um, stem cell treatments, stem cell solutions, stem cell products. So it is very important to discern and to understand the differences between one and the other. And obviously, most of my most of the people who are listening to the to this podcast don't have the scientific background to understand this and believe me a lot of the doctors don't fully understand this because most of the doctors that are currently practicing did not learn this in school stem cell treatments stem cell therapy in general as we know it today did simply did not exist when they went to school. So it's understandable that there's a lot of um, misinformation. There's a lot of, um, there are companies that are taking advantage of this. There are uh, unscrupulous health health professionals that are taking advantage of this. And what I want to do with today's episode is, is, is dissect this a little bit. So that you can you can get better educated and you can, you know, if you're considering stem cell treatment, you can go out there and make an informed decision together with your healthcare professional, ideally your doctor. So one of the first things that you need to understand is that there's different kinds of stem cells, uh, mostly from their source. So where they come from, the cells that you're going to be using. Either they are autologous, which means that the same patient is using his or her own cells, or they're allogeneic, so they are from somebody else. The most common sources of autologous stem cells are bone marrow, so you do a bone marrow um, uh, a bone marrow aspirate, and you process, you separate the stem cells from the rest of the bone marrow. 
Or you do a microliposuction and you harvest stem cells from adipose tissue. Currently in the U.S., that has been clearly ruled against and it's it's not allowed as per the current FDA regulations, um, which isn't entirely a bad thing because when you compare it with bone marrow, uh, it does have certain limitations, although it is a much more accessible tissue because it's, it's much easier for a lot of people to simply have a microliposuction than to do a bone marrow aspirate. Uh, but the amount of cells, the quality of these cells um, is, is much better with bone marrow. Although there are more stem cells in adipose tissue per unit of volume, so per cc or per whatever you want to measure it in, the quality of the ones in the bone marrow have proven to be better for therapeutic applications. Now, you can also do autologous treatments from cord blood. So if you have, for instance, a son or a daughter who is, you know, a teenager right now, um, early, late teens, and you banked his or her cells at birth from cord blood, those cells can be used for treatments. Now, although it would be a cord blood treatment, it would still be autologous because it's still the, the same person's cells that are being utilized. On the other side of the spectrum, we have allogeneic stem cell treatments. Allogeneic stem cell treatments are when you use somebody else's cells. Almost entirely in this category, you're going to find stem cell treatments derived from donated cord blood. So all these different public and private cord blood banks, uh, they have these cord blood units and many companies will buy these cord blood units and they will separate the rest of the blood from the stem cells, they will remove the red blood cells, they will remove everything else, and they will create and manufacture a stem cell product. So these different stem cell products, they have different concentrations of stem cells, they have different characteristics, they have different uh, benefits, and they put them out in the market and they sell them to doctors who can in turn use them in their office. The clear advantage to this is that as a patient, it's a lot simpler for you. You simply go to the doctor's office and the doctor will have these different stem cell products in a special freezer or in dry ice and they will have them in their office. They will simply thaw them and the way they thaw them is they just, they just hold them in their hand for a couple of minutes and then they will prepare an injection and they will treat you with that stem cell product. So you don't need to have a, a bone marrow aspirate. You don't need to have uh, you know, a microliposuction or any of those things and you can still get a stem cell treatment. Now, the clear disadvantage here is that although all of these manufacturers claim very strict and most of them do have very strict uh, criteria in terms of of evaluating the samples, the donors, and making sure that they don't have any any important disease or genetic disorders or anything of this matter, you still are running the risk of of getting something from from one of these samples. Also, these are biological samples that they can get contaminated at any point in the whole transportation. So, from the moment that they're, they they leave the manufacturer's lab to the time that they get to your doctor's office, and then they need to be prepped there. And most of these doctors aren't doing this under strict sterile conditions. They do it in the office. So you can those those samples can get contaminated. We've actually seen some of these cases in, in the last couple of months uh, out in the news, out in the media of uh, patients getting infections. Uh, most of those have to do, in all honesty, they, they have to do with very poor 
uh, a sterile technique from the part of doctors or they're mixing vials or they're combining them or all, all sorts of things that they shouldn't be doing. But you should be aware that this is an, a, you know, a, a possible risk with these kind of treatments. Now, another important thing to know with these kind of treatments is that their efficacy and the claims that many of these manufacturers make, they may fall in the gray area uh, in terms of how they can be marketed, how they can be offered, and how the doctors should be using them. Because another thing that we've been seeing is that the practice of regenerative medicine and stem cell therapeutics has has now expanded and we're seeing non-medical um, professionals, health professionals who are not doctors, so who are not MDs, who are not DOs, who are offering stem cell treatments. So we're seeing chiropractors offer stem cell treatments when they shouldn't be using these kind of products. Um, you know, in certain states, naturopaths shouldn't be doing this. Um nurse practitioners, RNs. And the problem with this is that we need to understand that stem cell therapy, and I've said this for years, stem cell therapy is not something you do instead of everything else that you're doing. It is something that you must do in conjunction with everything else. So it does not replace your current treatment you're not going to stop doing everything else that you did before just so you can have stem cell treatments. And after the treatment, you still have to do a lot of different things depending on the diagnosis and the reason you're being treated and the kind of treatments that you're getting. And most of these other health professionals, they don't fully understand most of these conditions that that they claim to be treating. So that's another important thing. For many years, I I had the privilege of uh, running and directing a clinic, a stem cell clinic in Cancun, where we were um, we were fortunate to treat a wide variety of conditions. It doesn't mean that that I or the rest of the physicians in in the clinic, the our full time doctors, were involved in all these treatments. We simply identified what the patient needed and then we would bring in the different specialists to treat according to the different conditions and one of these conditions was autism uh, we treated a very large number of autistic patients while I was while I was uh, in charge at the clinic I'm still involved with with some of these patients I still I still talk to a few of them um, I, I still have a good relationship at the clinic and what we learned is that Every condition has its own intricacies, and it is very important to understand the condition that you're treating before you start addressing with stem cell treatments. And the problem with most of these different approaches right now, and the problem with most of these products that are that are flooding the market nowadays, is that they're getting in the hands of all sorts of different health professionals. Some of them are very, very ethical. Uh, some of them will not will not go to areas that aren't their expertise, but a lot of them will. And we're seeing more and more, you know, doctors who used to treat just pain management or who were just involved in orthopedics, they suddenly decide that because they have access to a stem cell product that they can suddenly start treating autism and they can suddenly start treating multiple sclerosis because their neighbor brought them somebody who they know that that has multiple sclerosis and they heard that it can be treated with, with stem cell treatments. And I am not at all against doctors providing treatment. I'm not at all against stem cell 
being offered and being available for everyone uh, in the U.S. and everywhere else, but I am all in favor of safe stem cell treatments. And it starts by identifying and knowing the kind of condition that you're treating before you can offer the treatment. So one of the most important things you need to make sure is if you're interested, if you heard that stem cell treatment might help a particular diagnosis that you may have, it is very important that you consult this with a doctor who's specialized in that diagnosis. Don't go see somebody who does stem cell treatment for something else and ask them if they can do stem cell treatment for this. Don't go and see your ortho um, your ortho surgeon because you know that they're currently offering stem cell treatments for orthopedic disorders and suddenly say, you know what, my dad was just diagnosed with Parkinson's and I read that it can be treated with stem cells, so will you do, will you, um, will you provide treatment for him? Uh, because most of the time, professional medical doctors, DOs, um, they will they will refer you elsewhere. But when you find yourself in one of these new clinics popping up that they decide that they can treat everything, that's when we're seeing a lot of these different complications, a lot of these different side effects, because they don't fully understand the condition that they're treating. They think it's as simple as just putting a stem cell uh, product into an IV or into a specific joint, into a specific area, and treating that way. Now, in order to talk about legalities, because people ask me, well, if they're doing this, how can they do this if it is legal or if it's illegal? Uh, Where do we stand? So first of all, you need to understand that the FDA does not regulate the practice of medicine. The FDA is, you know, the Food and Drug Administration, and as such, they, they are involved in regulating food and drugs that are being manufactured and put out in the market. Most of these stem cell manufacturers, stem cell product manufacturers, uh, they have something called an FDA registration, which is not an FDA approval. Many doctors will mistakenly or knowingly tell their patients that the product is FDA approved. There is not a single stem cell product out in the market in the U.S. currently approved for systemic use that has an FDA approval. Most of them, most manufacturers have an FDA registration and basically just means that they set up their lab and they filled out a form online that takes about 30 to 45 minutes to complete. And they're basically telling the FDA, listen, we have a lab, we're doing these things. And this is the kind of product that we're manufacturing. We're putting, we're putting it out there. The FDA might still come over and inspect them, make sure that, you know, sterile conditions are being met, that that the the lab is operating accordingly and all those things, but it does not mean that the product itself has an FDA approval to be marketed as a stem cell product or for a specific condition. So how can doctors actually use these products? Well, these doctors are regulated by their state medical boards and based on their clinical knowledge and expertise, they are allowed to use different kinds of products in different manners that they see fit. So that actually opens up a lot of different avenues. And I think I think this is a good thing, to be honest, because these doctors, they're the ones who are experts in these different um, diagnoses and these different conditions that are being treated. So they should be able to make these calls and sometimes say like, listen, you know what, I think that if we use this product in this manner, it might benefit our patient in this way. And they're running the risk and they understand what can go wrong and they understand what are the what are the advantages and the disadvantages. So they can go ahead and do this. And that's how we achieve progress in, in a lot of these fields. So it is important to understand that 
there is a very, very important difference between FDA approval and FDA registration. As I said before, FDA registration is simply a form that manufacturer will fill online, letting the FDA know what they're doing. And FDA approval is basically the FDA saying, you know what, this drug, this product has already done phase one, phase two, phase three, long-term studies, follow-up, et cetera, et cetera. And they have proven that this product is safe and effective for X or Y condition. No product currently on the market has that FDA approval. So it's very important to understand that and to and to ask this to your doctor. Um, because if you hear your doctor say that it's an FDA approved product, either they're not knowledgeable or they're just trying to dismiss your question. So if you're considering stem cell treatment, I've put together a couple of questions that you might want to run by your doctor before you go ahead and, and, and do this treatment. And the reason we do this is because, like I said at the beginning, I want more people to be getting stem cell treatments. But the most important thing is for patients to be receiving safe and effective stem cell treatments. There's nothing worse than seeing all these different cases in the news of people being sold a stem cell treatment that wasn't indicated in their condition, that didn't address correctly, or worse, that made things that that they got infected or that triggered um, important side effects simply because the person or the, the, the health professional offering it was not knowledgeable either of the product or of the potential side effects. So what are the questions that you should be asking your doctor? First, first of all, where are you getting the cells from? So if they're planning to do an autologous process, which means that the cells will come from you, where are these cells going to be coming from? Adipose tissue? Is it going to be a microliposuction? And I still put this here because although it has been um, very clearly defined as not homologous in the U.S., which means that practitioners should no longer be using this process. Um, in the rest of the world, a lot of doctors are still using it. Um, so you should ask that. Is it is it going to be adipose? Is it going to be bone marrow? Um, just so that you know how you need to prepare, what you can expect, what are the kinds of yields, what are the advantages, what are the disadvantages. Now, if they're not going to be using your own cells, what kind of product are they going to be using? Is it is it a, a, a cord blood derived product? Is it an amniotic product? Is it a different? A lot of these manufacturers are doing combination tissues. So they're using cord blood and cord tissue and they're using something called Wharton's jelly or they're using amniotic fluid. And, and we can have another a completely different discussion on whether these products should call themselves stem cell products or not. Uh, but truth of the matter is they do have uh, regenerative potential, whether it is from stem cells or from the rest of the combination of the compounds in them. Uh, and that's not really the, the matter for this current episode. But once they tell you, you need to look up and, and you need to ask, what are the, why, why did they choose this product? Um, a lot of the times the doctor are choosing product based on price because, oh, because, you know, the rep came over and they offered this. And in the end, it all boils down to it is the cheapest of all the ones available. And we transfer that uh, smaller price to you as a patient. Or maybe they do have other reasons to do that. Just I'm not saying that one of them is wrong and one of them is right. I'm just saying that you should be asking these questions because it is important. It's something that you should know about. Now, you also need to ask your doctor, how are the cells supposed to help my condition? 
So if you go in there and you receive a diagnosis and you are recommended a stem cell process, a stem cell treatment, you need to know why. How are these cells supposed to help my condition? How, what's the mechanism of action? How is this going to help me in the short, in the mid, and in the long term? And they need to be able to explain this to you in easy-to-understand terms that should make sense to you. Remember, medicine shouldn't really be as, as, as complex or as difficult to understand as, as a lot of the times we make it. Um, it's, it's a lot more straightforward in a lot of cases. So always ask these questions. Always ask these questions. Always be open to learning something new. And most of the times doctors do want to bring their patients to involve them in the treatment to make sure that they understand how it's supposed to, to work. So make sure to ask these things. Another very important question to ask, what are the potential risks? What could go wrong? And I always told my patients that this is one very big potential red flag. If whomever you're consulting with, whether in the U.S. or outside of the U.S. or abroad, and you ask them, what are the potential risks for stem cell treatment? And they say, oh, nothing really. I mean, worst case scenario, nothing's, nothing's going to happen. Uh, you won't see any, any benefit, but nothing bad will happen. That's a very, very important red flag because there are a lot of things that could happen depending on the conditions. You're, you're, you know, you're talking about certain autoimmune disorders that that patients can come in and be seeking treatment for. You can be talking about certain underlying conditions that the patient might have that you can trigger. You can have all sorts of different things that a practitioner should be aware of and needs to disclose to the patient. And like, listen, you know what? This could happen. You can have very important fevers for a couple of days. You could have an allergic reaction and you could have this, you could have that. Uh, depending on the condition, depending on how they're planning to treat, depending on, on the amount of cells, depending on the type of cells that they're using, there are different risks that, that you should be aware of. Does it mean that you're going to have them? No, not at all. But you should be aware of the possibility of these risks happening. And the second most important thing is, if they do happen, you need to be certain that your doctor knows about them and is ready to take control of them. You would be surprised how many times we heard of people going X or Y place and they're going to a chiropractor, they're going to a nurse practitioner, they're going, you know, to, to one of these professionals who shouldn't be performing these treatments in the first place. And they get treated for a condition that this professional isn't, isn't trained in. And then they develop a side effect, they develop a, a complication. And this practitioner isn't even able to address these things because they they weren't expecting them. So it's very important to know that that your doctor is not only aware that these things could happen, but knows how to address them should they happen. Now, the likelihood of them happening is still extremely low, but like I said before, you need to make sure that they know that they're present, that they're possible, and how to address them. Another important question, how are you going to administer the cells? How am I going to get these cells in me? Um, most common way of administration is just a direct injection. As a matter of fact, most of these treatments in the U.S., should be non-systemic, which means that they need to be delivered directly to the point of action. That's why most of the time you're going to see 
orthopedic surgeons, pain management doctors, these kind of, of, of specialists using stem cell products because those are the ones that go directly into, let's say, a joint or into um, you know, a muscle, into a specific region of the spine for pain management. Um, systemic treatments, so if you put it in, in saline and you put an IV, uh, they're not currently uh, approved or regulated or accepted uh, commonly in the U.S. As I said before, the doctors are able to prescribe this. The doctor can say, you know what, I think that this is how my patient will benefit. So it's not, the doctor isn't necessarily doing something illegal unless they're advertising for it. But it is very important for you as a patient to understand and to know how are these cells going to be administered to you for this treatment. Another very important question, who will be performing the procedure? As I said before, I have, I have nothing against these different integrative uh, clinics. So where you have a chiropractor and you have a medical doctor and you have all these different um, professionals who work in tandem, who work as a team, and they address each different things. But what we're seeing a lot of is chiropractor-owned and operated clinics who simply hire a physician to sign off as medical director and and this doctor is, is almost never or never on the premise and they just sign off on whatever they want to do and in the end the call is being made not by the doctor but by a different professional who shouldn't be prescribing this so it's very important to understand who will be performing the procedure is it going to be you is it going to be the doctor and always make sure that it is a doctor a medical doctor or equivalent who's going to be prescribing this procedure because that's that's what you really want to have for most of these different conditions how soon can you expect results this is another very important one we're seeing you know after 10 years of of treating different patients different conditions and seeing seeing the 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 results they're all over the place we've seen phenomenal results with patients within 24, 36 hours. And, uh, and and those are because of something called the paracrine effect. The stem cells will go in. They will also release a lot of different anti and pro-inflammatory cytokines, and they will regulate all sorts of things happening in your body. But are these typical? Are these expected? Are these regenerative uh, results? So if you're going in because you have very thin cartilage in your knee, are you going to expect or is your doctor expecting to see thicker cartilage and cartilage growth within 24 or 36 hours? And just spoiler alert, the answer to that question should most definitely be no. So how long is it going to take for you to really see these results? And the two most important questions that I think you need to ask your doctor, and this will tell you volumes about how prepared they are to be doing these kind of procedures are how should I prepare for the procedure? What do I need to do before to maximize this? And what will I be required to do after to make to get the most out of these results? And you're going to see, because we saw this consistently, that the more often that a doctor told patients, oh, there's nothing you need to do, you just show up and we'll take care of that, and then afterwards you just go back to your regular life, um, those are the ones that have the least noticeable results and improvements. Because like I said at the very beginning, stem cell therapy is something you do in conjunction with. There are a lot of things that you can do 
coming up to your treatment and there are certainly a lot of things that you need and can do after your treatment to maximize the results. Uh, Sometimes you will need to do more than one treatment. Sometimes you will need to complement some of those treatments with with platelet-rich plasma, PRP, or with different kinds of processes and procedures or physical therapy. It is very important for you to ask these things before you agree to having these treatments. Now, keep in mind, it is very important for our field of regenerative medicine to be growing, to be expanding, and to be getting more patients. Because as we start being able to treat more patients, we're going to start getting more doctors involved, and we're going to start seeing more patients wanting to do these things. And I've seen it firsthand. The power of regenerative medicine is real, and it's very impressive, and and I can, I think, that it can be the answer to a lot of different chronic conditions that that we're seeing nowadays. But the problem is that if we're not being careful about educating potential patients and we're letting all these different pseudo-professionals run rampant with the kind of treatments that they're offering, this industry might very well be killed off by, by regulatory agencies trying to protect the public. And we need to be very vigilant and we need to be very diligent to prevent this from happening, which is the reason why I'm putting this information out there. If you have additional questions about this, please feel free, visit the website. Uh, You're going to find all the links. You're going to find all the show notes at dre.show forward slash 003. That's dre.show forward slash 003. And there I'm going to post the different links and I'm going to post different resources. And you're going to be able also to ask questions directly there. And I'll be addressing some of these questions in future episodes. I'll be responding to some of them right there. We have a comment function right there on the side that you can just enter your comment. If you record your question, we'll be happy to put it on air for a future episode. And we can we can continue this discussion. Like I said, I want a lot more stem cell treatments to be offered, but the most important thing is that these stem cell treatments need to be safe stem cell treatments. We cannot be jeopardizing patient health anymore. We need to make sure that the right professionals with the right training are treating the right conditions with stem cells so that we can all get the benefits. That's been all for today. Stay tuned because next week I'm going to be bringing in a person whom I recently met. He's a retired police officer, but ever since then, he's been able to get over a lot of the different things that he was carrying along, such as PTSD and several other conditions, chronic pain, by discovering and harnessing the use of CD oils. And he's going to be sharing some of that information with us. I'm personally, I'm very interested. I've been I've been hearing a lot about CBD oils. Like I said, in the past, we used to treat a lot of patients with autism, and it's very common in the autistic community. Some of these families have been having phenomenal results with these uh, with these different oils uh, treating their kids. So we're going to be bringing him in. We're going to have this conversation. I'm really looking forward to that. If you have any questions for that, feel free to share them. Send them to us in advance. Remember, you can go to dre.show forward slash 003. And you can send your questions right there. I hope you have a great afternoon. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to add a comment. Please rate us on iTunes if you love it. If you hate it, just leave your comments, your suggestions, your feedback there. I'd love to hear it. And I look forward to being of service to you soon. Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health show. Helping you learn the science of living ageless. 
Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to dre.show. Again, that's dre.show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless.